Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. To your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just some high flying, ran fast vertical stems of professors from Penn watching Eagles eat and pray like bazookies on birthdays. It's Philadelphia, Marissa Bowen, Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Marissa Bowen, Zach are here to squawk. Don't miss the mistress talk on some I don't call it the off-season. I call it the non-playing season. Is that what you say when people, you know, normies ask you about what you do in the off-season? You say it's the, not the off-season, it's the non-playing season? I don't correct them, but I'll call it the non-playing season. Okay. I'll feel like there's the playing season. The NPO. <laughs> yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends on a beautiful Tuesday afternoon. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman here to talk about the latest that's going on with the birds Joined in the show, very, very excited, by Matt Quinn from Mount Joy. They've got two shows in Philly this weekend. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about uh, Johnson's and um, other fun things. I don't know. I'm excited. Although, to to be fair, we did already do the interview. We're going to play it later. But um, I'm excited. You guys are going to enjoy it. Zach... Uh, we're we're here on time right now. We're we're in good shape. Well, doesn't Tom Coughlin say that on time is early and mm. early is you know early is on time? Mm, but you didn't take that oh. you didn't take that to heart for the uh, Matt Quinn interview. I was on Shields Pod and I was oh, a few minutes behind. Yes. Okay. Well, for those enjoyed, of enjoyed reconnecting with Shield, it's it's nice to come out of a podcast not feeling horrible about yourself. So that was a <laughs> that was a, a a change of pace, but I enjoyed it. Well, for the the uh, loyal Birds with Friends listeners who would never dare listen to a competing podcast, what's going on with the Eagles? Why don't we send it over to the Stone Cold Newsman? It's been a busy few days for the Philadelphia Eagles, starting on Sunday night when they signed Zach Cunningham and Miles Jack, veteran linebackers, significant starting experience, bringing them into the fold. Uh, two big moves that perhaps happened earlier than some anticipated. So we will discuss that. Josh Sills returned to the team he, uh, after the podcast on Friday, taken off the commissioner exempt list, ex- exempt list, and, and the Eagles held on to him. Uh, we will get into that as well today. Devin Allen is uh, is back. was was taken off NFI. The Eagles signed Johnny King, undrafted rookie out of I believe Southeast Missouri State, uh, had been with the Colts, was waived. Last week, the Eagles released two players who Bo has been watching closely, Chim Okerfor and Trevor Reed. Uh, Chim is a rookie from, is he's from a small school, 
And Trevor Reed spent three years at Louisville, uh, started 34 or started 24 games before coming to the Eagles as an undrafted rookie. A little bit of a surprise cut this early in camp. We will get in to that as well. But those were the big moves. The Eagles also added Josh Andrews. Did that happen uh, since we last spoke? The, the, the days are all conflated right now. It belongs but the Eagles in the update, did, yes. Okay, belongs in the update. The Eagles brought back Josh Andrews, veteran offensive lineman, was with the Eagles a few years back, was on the practice squad actually during the Super Bowl season, giving the Eagles another member of the 2017 Super Bowl team, or Super Bowl roster rather, on their 2023 team. Back to you in the studio, Bo. I feel like Johnny King sounds like um, like a 1960s poker player or something like that. Like he, he could. That's very specific. Could be, like, uh, you know, like, is there a delineation between a 1960s poker player and a 1970s? Well, yeah, because poker like player? a poker player now is just uh, like an MIT math whiz, whereas like mm-hmm. a, a poker player from you know the Doyle Brunson days of yore is a uh, you know more of a dirt of the earth type guy. How's your poker game? I haven't played poker in a long time. I was I was definitely big caught up in the fad, you know, uh, oh, yes, like at the at, during high school and the, maybe the very beginning of college. I like a poker, but I haven't I haven't played poker in a while. Played uh, on your floor at Wake Forest. We did a little bit of that. It was more. It was really okay. more junior senior year of high school that we we were getting together to play okay. more often. I would were say. you were you a a skilled poker player or, or did you just have such a good poker face and would practice psychological warfare on the other uh, people in the game that. Yes. Go ahead. We're special guest. We're over switching there, the right? laundry from, uh, ah, okay. From the washer to the dryer. Mm. So if you hear, uh, if you hear a little bit of a tumble, that's, that's what that is. Uh, there you go. I would say I was I was a very mediocre poker player. Okay. Just I wasn't uh, I wasn't. It's not like I was like doing a great job reading people. I was mostly just ho- hoping to get the nuts. Okay. How about well, you? You've improved in that area since then. Uh, was more of a blackjack guy than a poker guy. Okay. You know Played I like a blackjack. Poker. Yeah. Yeah, but um, no, I I wouldn't call myself a particularly skilled. Poker player. Who's the Enjoy best poker uh, analogies among the among the Berman brothers? Who's the best poker player? I'm gonna offend somebody here. Um, I would say Nick, probably. Okay. Fair enough. Um, they were listening. They will. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I'll get a few. Yeah, I hope you get an angry text later from tonight. Alex. Like, yeah, they're not watching live. Bracelet, but uh, yeah, but they are listening. Um. A couple things to touch on. Well, well, let's save the mm-hmm. linebackers for for um, next. Just quickly on these uh, relatively more minor transactions. The Trevor Reed thing is. <laughs> By in- the way, wait, 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 real quick. I'm going to chime in. That's a very birds with friends statement. Let's let's save the linebackers and focus on the minor transactions. Well, because I want to get yeah, these things on. out of the way, and okay. then we're going to have yeah, a longer no, no, discussion I, about linebackers. Yeah. Uh, yep. I do. I agree with you that the Trevor Reed thing is interesting and a bit of a surprise. Um, he has not. It, it, it does. He has not played super well. Uh, there's a reason that he's cut, obviously. Um, but you know, they had 19 offensive linemen. They had to cut guys. It's interesting, though, that we've talked a little bit about like how worrisome the depth along the offensive line is right now. And if you just look at the way that they want to like usually build their offensive line room, you know, Trevor Reed comes in. He get, he's this like super athletic guy. 
um, you know, former high recruit, which which certainly you would have loved. And um, is the kind of guy who you would have thought would have been ticketed for the practice squad. Right. And for them to get rid of him in favor of, you know, Roderick Johnson and Fred Johnson, who have been in the league for four or five years, like the the makeup of that offensive line room. And th- this goes to the Josh Andrews signing, too. It's a little bit it's a little bit concerning um, hmm. long term. Right. Because presumably next year you've got uh, Tyler Steen starting next to Cam Jurgens if this is Jason Kelsey's last year. And behind them, there's really like there's nobody. Jack Driscoll's contract's running out. I would I would imagine he maybe comes back. But, um, you know, Josh Sills is now that that next guy like the the young guy who's being groomed in the in the room i guess i don't know it's just uh a little bit curious it 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 must tell you that statland just doesn't think that trevor reed has much going on yeah that would be my guess i wouldn't be so worried about the long-term prospects here uh if you look at dame brugler's look ahead for next year's draft whatever it was the top 50 i i think it was loaded with Offensive tackles. I think this is a position that the Eagles look hard at during the draft next year. They will replenish that position. You mentioned Tyler Steen, high third round pick. So, so they do have have some young guys, but yeah, they well, don't have just the same that, like, undrafted. Yeah, you know the you know when, yeah. the the days of having Nate Herbig and Sua Opeta and Ryan Bates all all here mm-hmm. and Casey Tucker. Like the third team offensive line right now is all mm-hmm. veterans. That's true. I think really what their intent is is to throw you off with the fifty-three. They they, mm. they feel like you've gotten too good in that, and that you know. If, I'm having if a it's, really if it's, hard time with the crush. I have to uh, Thursday. Uh, I will announce it because I have to announce it. Sounds like high school, but but I'm having a really hard time. <laughs> Nobody's grabbing my heartstrings. Nobody. I, Even now, there's there's two sessions left. I know. I'm telling you. Now, by the way, uh, hmm. I, I just glossed over that. We will have no show tomorrow. We will be back on Thursday, right. and then, of course, we'll have a post game pod on Saturday. But um, yeah, I mean, I could I could run through all the people I've looked at closely to tell you, and it's just nothing's nothing's taking me over the edge. I, I, I may do something unprecedented, so we will we will see how that goes. Uh, Josh Andrews, who you mentioned, had a chance to talk to him today. He was the second team center, and you could tell already how much smoother things are running. Uh, with a second-team offense because he was able to snap the ball adequately. Um, I think he's got a shot to make the team. More likely, practice squad, they keep him around and don't give him a a vested veteran deal. But um, it's really, I think, because they they don't have a reliable backup center aside from Cam Jurgens. So. Yeah, I I actually think both those uh, veteran signings, Dennis Kelly and Josh Andrews, seemed poised for the practice squad and then yeah. they figure out which which elevation they need do they need depth at tackle or do they need depth at center mm. on that given week do you know where uh josh andrews lives these days hmm i he went to oregon state he played for the eagles played for the vikings played for the saints so let's see those are all good places to live my guess is because you asked philadelphia no Actually, he was living in Portland, okay. Oregon, with his three kids, nah. um, and was okay. thinking he was thinking about hanging them up. This might this might have mm. been it. He's trying to maybe uh, network and get himself a job at Nike, but oh, uh, in Beaverton, then the Eagles yeah. the Eagles came calling. Worth it just for that employee store, right? Have you heard about that? No, tell me. <laughs> 
I, I'm, I've never been an employee of, of, of Nike, but apparently if you're an employee, they have a, a campus store, if you will, mm. where you get insane, you know, disco or, or you get very good discounts. And, uh, yeah, I hear it's a great, <laughs> I hear it's a great perk to the job at, at Nike from, I've spoken to a few people who've worked in Beaverton and have, have, have mentioned that. Isn't it interesting that, uh, Phil Knight, of course, such a such an Oregon uh, donor, but they work in Beaverton. Of course, the Oregon State Beavers. Yeah, no, I'm I'm familiar with the joke. Yeah. Uh, How curious. Um, are you a big Portland guy? I know you're a big Portland Maine guy. Portland, Oregon. Uh, I like Portland. Yeah. Okay. I haven't been. Never been. Want to go? I haven't. I haven't been that many times. I've only been twice. Once, really. One was just a night. So, yeah, I like a Portland. Did you eat voodoo donuts when there? I did not. I did not. All right. Uh, we've been pussyfooting around this long enough. Let's let's talk about the linebackers. Zach Cunningham, Miles Jack. Mm. What does this mean for the uh, current state of the Eagles linebacker room? What does it mean for their opinion of N'Kobe Dean? Who are these guys? Uh, do you expect to make an impact? Where do they play today? Give me all your give me all your download. So let's start with today because we're in essence doing. We're here a today. It's a quackus report. Yes. Yeah. My, uh, uh, Miles Jack was taking snaps with the first team. Zach Cunningham taking snaps with the second team. Wasting no time there. Now the Eagles were thin at the position. Right. They like, literally it is don't notable. have other options. But yes. Yeah, but but they could have gone Christian Ellis and Nicholas Morrow. They could have gone Sean Bradley and Nicholas Morrow. They could have done a handful of combinations. They 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 went with Miles Jack. There is Zach Cunningham with the second team. Uh, look, two ex- really experienced players still in their mid to late twenties. Miles Jack drafted at a young age. He was a twenty year old, I I I believe, when he was drafted. Mm. Uh, two way player at UCLA. Where did he go to high back, school? Linebacker. Uh, he's from Bellevue, Washington. Mm. Yes. And that's his, that's um, how the connection to UCLA happened, right? Oh, did, Moore, did you listen uh, to the pod? Yeah, okay, you listen to the pod. Okay, know, Huskies. Okay, okay. yes. Okay, uh, so no, I just knew that. Okay, okay, there you go. My uh, now, I uh, for full disclosure here, and and Bo teases me about my Miles Jack interest. I'm it's I'm, I'm going to be transparent. Just, we know we I I know you well. Uh, yeah. I'm going to be transparent. I was in the press box the other day with Bo and he was teasing me about Miles Jack and I it's not I did yeah, I did look up. I I went to the Twitter search uh, uh, search field. I put in my handle and I put in Miles Jack and I found uh, an an old 97.5 um you know the fanatic when when you're on and then they transcribe what you say and I said Miles Jack is the best player <laughs> in the draft. <laughs> so that was that was 2016 so he yeah he fell to the second round because of injury concerns although he's been he hasn't been like an iron man but he's been durable enough he hasn't missed considerable time he was really productive early in his career with the jaguars signed of uh you know 57 million dollar contract extension uh had a bad season with urban meyer he can be absolved of that. A lot of people had a bad season with Urban Meyer. Got real money in Pittsburgh last year, 
and wasn't good enough in Pittsburgh. They cut him, was a cap casualty. He's been on the market. The fact that he's still available or was still available in early August says something. Um, but you're still looking at someone 27 going on to age 28. He moved fine today. I mean, we didn't get much of a sample size to really evaluate. Uh, but that's the skinny on Miles Jack. I, I should also add was drafted and given a contract extension by Dave Caldwell, who's in that Eagles building, and is this time of year is with the team. So uh, something to be mindful of there. I'm Zach just looking Cunningham. At the, I'm just looking at the 2016 draft. It's such yeah. a bold take, even then, to say that Miles Jack is the best player in the draft with like Joey <laughs> Bosa and Jalen Ramsey. Like those guys okay. also fit like who, who you would have liked, I would imagine. Yeah. I'm not expecting you like to go Ramsey. Carson Wentz necessarily, but feel, yeah, feel like was, Ramsey and Bosa would have been would have been up your alley. Um, <laughs> even Tunsil. I mean, it was a bit. It was a bit of high. It was a bit of hyperbole. Okay. I, <laughs> Do you remember giving that but, interview? I don't remember giving that interview. Okay. Um, I do remember when the Eagles traded from 13 to eight. Saying, "Oh, they're they're in Miles Jack territory." <laughs> I probably probably texted McLean. I I probably texted McLean at like five thirty in the morning, being like, "We should really look into into Miles Jack right now." And Jeff probably picked up That's his phone good. and is like, "Zach, come on, it's a linebacker." Um, yeah, yeah, true, and a running back. Um. So Zach Cunningham, Zach Cunningham was uh, a standout at Vanderbilt, second round pick with with the Texans tackling machine, right? Great size, great length, um, but really known for his tackling ability. Was uh, also also got a contract extension with the Texans. They waived him during the David Coley year. He ends up in Tennessee. Was injured last year. So two two different types of players, but both off ball guys. Um, Cunningham has more length. Uh, Jack, I don't want to say he has more speed, but, um, yeah, so, so I'm, I'm curious to see, I, I'll turn this over to you cause I've monopolized this conversation a bit. Who's, who's starting day one, if either one of them, I don't know. Um, and I think that's part of the philosophy behind bringing in two of these guys is that, uh, you know, you just, you, you did a similar bet on Nicholas Morrow and it doesn't look like he's working out. Let's let's see who still has legs and who can transition. Um, by the way, have you thought about a possible connection here between the way that the Eagles signed both Miles Jack and Zach Cunningham, signed them to the exact same deal, and the way that they did that last year with Dominic and Sue and Linval Joseph? I knew you were going with that joke there. I had to. Um, I mean, yeah. I do. I, like, let's just, if, if we could, if we, like the... Uh, the people who are really paying attention, who are sickos to like how news gets disseminated, like it's so funny. One one national reporter reports that they're signing with the Eagles and says the exact same thing connecting to Linval Joseph and Dominic and Sue. The other national reporter has the details and says the exact same thing. I mean, it's good stuff. There's and no in there. there's it's, no it's surprises about, about how the, the the tofu gets made here. Yeah. Yeah, look, how he didn't get this far. Uh, yeah, he's no he, dummy. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. What's the expression? Don't hate the player, hate the game. Yeah. Right? And so, of course, you can draw yeah. the direct line between the two signings because they both happen 
because the Eagles are worried that maybe the guy from Georgia stinks. So let's get into that part. Yeah. Of it. Do I, you think that's? I don't think, think that that is. I don't think that that is the the reason for the signing. Now, obviously, the injury is part of the reason for the signing. They're they're low. They're on bodies to begin with. But I also think that if the Eagles were head over heels in love with what Nicobe Dean has done so far, and they think he's going to be like a Pro Bowl linebacker right away, I don't think they would have signed both of these guys. Um, I think you could you could make the case that the injury is is the bigger concern. Our understanding is that he's going to be back soon. I still think that Nicobe Dean. And he was running today, by the way, on the side. Right. Um, I have every expectation that Nicobe Dean is still going to be the number one linebacker and he's going to get the majority of the snaps there and he's going to be the signal caller. But maybe they're a little bit more worried about what their backup plan is than they would have been a week ago. I think that's possible or two weeks ago. Is that what you think? Certainly about the backup plan, right? Um, they were bare going into camp. Anyone watching this the, could see they needed to upgrade at linebacker. We've been talking about this for mm. a week and a half, and I guess just the timing of it jumped out more that they didn't wait until, say, after the Browns' joint practices, mm-hmm. right? They were they were proactive there. Well, and who knows if, low- if, if they're getting interest elsewhere and, like, the Eagles already sure. had this backup plan in yeah. mind and now it's push come to shove. You know, they brought both guys in yeah. to work out, so it's like they, they definitely exactly. – needed help there and we you know that's the reason that we had days of Terrell Edmonds and Nolan Smith and Kyron Johnson practicing in the middle I think the like the the most obvious reason for this is Nicholas Morrow is not what they were hoping that he would be right like yeah my guess now is that Nicholas Morrow is not going to make the team I would agree there and I think in in getting back to Howie a bit one thing that I've I've noticed especially in recent years is I, I feel he's been more honest about his roster in recent years than, well, it's hard for me to say than earlier on in his career, but uh, he's he's not waiting for a problem to come up in October or November, right? He, he's being proactive there. Now you can say nose tackle last year. Part of that was a reaction to Jordan Davis getting injured. And the fact that, that, that at that point in the year, they were legitimate Super Bowl contenders, uh, and, and like, I, well, I guess the Linval Joseph thing's different. I was listening to a podcast with Ndamukong Sue the other day, and he's he's very like deliberate and, and intentional about where he signs and when. Um, so that that factored into the, into the timing there. But no, I I think how we saw what we saw that they needed help at linebacker. I mean, anyone probably watched the Nick Sirianni press conference the other day saying Nick's happy with the room. This is just competition. This isn't competition. This is. This is they need help there. I see in the chat, Steve says should have signed Edwards. Um, I'm going to tell you, Steve, and we addressed this in in March. Get used to this. This is an Eagles organizational philosophy. They're not going to spend money, and they're not going to spend draft resources at linebacker. What they're going to do is what they did here. They're they'll try to draft and develop in you know middle late rounds, and then take these lottery ticket dart throwing free agents and when and when it works uh you have tj edwards and kaiser white like you had last year and when it doesn't work you have the zach brown you know 
go on down the list. All the, all the, all the guys, Davion Taylor, by the way, who I should have said they cut the other night, right? They took a, they took a chance on a upside player and it, it, it didn't work out. So that's, that's kind of the approach that, that they're taking. So I am, I am curious to see how Cunningham and Jack are, uh, you know, jockeying for position here. I, I think you could maybe make a case. I mean, we'll see. I, I would imagine that at tomorrow's practice, Cunningham is the one working with the ones and, and uh, Jack's with the twos. But I think you could make a case that uh, like today when Jack was in there, he's working alongside Ellis, right? Hmm. And it seemed maybe that's... Well, he was in, well, he was alongside Moro. It was Moro. Yeah, and he was rotating with Moro too. It was, he was it, rotating with Ellis. Yeah. yeah. Um, like stylistically... It would make it seems that like like it would make more sense for uh, Cunningham to be next to Dean, right? Because in theory, Dean is the one who can do a little bit more sideline to sideline, um, and you don't necessarily want to have two small linebackers on the field. But I think I agree with you that there's probably a, a higher likelihood that Jack has more left in his body than Cunningham does. I don't, uh, but I think this is the reason why you sign both of these guys is because both of them have about a forty percent chance of hitting, and you know, now all of a sudden you've got a sixty percent chance or whatever it is. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know how much credence you put into the the PFF stats. Um, none. Miles Jack was not particularly good in coverage last I mean, year, next and to year none. before, but. Yeah. But he was Especially linebacker coverage stats. Uh, yeah, uh, Zach Cunningham. There's kind of this perception that he's good in coverage because he he has the length and the and, and the range. He's got that's, those Michael Jacquet arms. Not, yeah, the 34 inch arms. Um, and I've seen that kind of reported elsewhere that uh, this is someone who can really help them out in coverage with his length. My understanding is that hasn't really been where he's excelled in the NFL. That that he he's been kind of inconsistent in coverage. And where he's really helped teams is where he's really helped his teams is with the tackling uh, and the and the run stopping and chasing guys down. Mm. Okay, I'm just uh, I'm curious. Do you think there? Do you think this this is it? This is the linebacker room for the 2022 or 23 season? Oh, good question. I, I think that they could. Um, I think they'll they'll see in the Baltimore. I'm sorry, in the Cleveland week and the Indianapolis week, and if they have to try to make a trade. They'll try to make a trade, but you can't count on a guy like C.J. Garner-Johnson becoming available, right? Uh, so, no, I'm sure they have a short list. This is that's what the pro scouting department does. Um, but no, I, I think there's a chance this this could be the same. This could be the yeah. now. I, mean, I, I don't think Howie's done. I don't think Howie's like. I don't think Howie's walking into the meeting room saying he's going to sleep tonight. He's yeah, he's all we're good, good guys. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, I I. I don't necessarily want to go all the way into this, but I think that there's, I think there's still a chance that Christian Ellis is the best linebacker on the team for this season. I don't want to get into this, but I still think there's a chance Nolan Smith's the best linebacker on the team for the season. So, do you think that's a good use of him? No, no, I die. And I, I think what you want him to do is rush the quarterback, but you want to get him on the field. And that's that's the way I see it. Is that I I just think there's so much talent there. Now, I would rather have him play forty percent of the snaps rushing the quarterback than eighty percent of the snaps know, as a linebacker. I think yeah, that's dropping right. Dropping in the coverage, yeah. yeah. 
but I, he's he's someone who I would want to get on the field. And if he's on the field, maybe you can do a handful of different things there. Mm. All right. What else uh, did you see at practice today? You you have the uh, report today. So yeah. what uh, what jumped out to you from the, the, the action on the field? Yeah, I'm going to give a tip of the cap to Bo here um, because – you gen- I'm, I'm not pandering to you. I, I, I sometimes try to butter you up, but you were genuinely on Reed Blankenship before anyone else. And um, and I was saying going into camp that I know I think it's going to be Edmonds and, and Sidney Brown. Reed Blankenship is the first team line is the first team safety every day, and he's playing well. He had an interception today that was just tremendous range. And the thing that jumped into my head when he made that play was like if Reed Blankenship was their second round pick this year or or third round pick if he was Sidney Brown and Sidney Brown made that play I would be like oh man <laughs> you know the Eagles nailed it well, right? I think I know why that but popped some, into your head because that came up <laughs> on the show yesterday yeah because that line was um, literally said by somebody in your ears yesterday <laughs> but, <laughs> guilty as charged <laughs> but no that that's um Reed Blankenship had a good day today. Uh, Marcus Mariota had probably his best practice of the summer from where I sit today. We point out the bad days. He looked he looked better today. I don't want to say this was Jalen's worst practice of the summer, but Jalen was not particularly. This was the day of the summer where more than others, it, like the defense, won the day. Yes, agreed. There, there were times when. The quarterback seemed to be holding the holding the ball longer, which is usually an indication that the coverage is holding up. Um, there were a few sacks in there, or or I should say, would be sacks. I was standing next to you during one on ones just to try to through osmosis learn about <laughs> offensive line play. And Jordan Davis, man, he he had was a joy and good Jones. Is no, that I think who he it was? On? Cameron Tom. It was Cameron Tom. He had, man, he it was a dominant rush, put, but it was against Cameron yeah. Tom. But yes, yeah, still that. That was a good rush. I, I thought um, Jalen Carter had a, a really good rush against Tyrese Robinson. Mm. And another one? one against Toth. That was yeah. He, he okay. showed some power. Um, yeah. I, I, I am I am like to the expectations point. Like if Reed Blankenship was a second round pick, like if if Ju- if Jalen Carter was the number two overall pick, like he was projected to be, like. I would be a little bit disappointed with what I've seen so far. I think he's, I think he's flashed, but I have not been blown away by Jalen Carter yet. Not on a snap by, not on a snap to snap thing, but I think they're that the high watermarks have been good. Okay. Um, some speaking of defensive tackles, and I know you talked about this the other day, but like the, uh, the experimentation that we might see from Sean Desai, we saw some three safety looks today. We saw a look today uh, up front where they had four defensive tackles on the line and two edge rushers. Um, it was like a it was like a, a six man line essentially, and then just one linebacker and four defensive backs. And what I thought was particularly interesting about this was they had Fletcher Cox, and then Marlon Tuipelotu was the nose. And then Jordan Davis was not the nose. He was off. He was like the the four eye essentially. And then uh, Milton Williams was was closer to the edge. So, I mean, I, I don't expect we're going to see a lot of that. It seems like a, a, a an individual, a specialized package against certain offensive personnel types. But 
I think it, it, it's a continuation of like, do we believe that the Eagles are going to let Jordan Davis play as a as an even front defensive tackle next to Fletcher Cox as he's lined up this summer? I think the more we see, the more likely that is to happen. Yes, I expect that to happen. I expect that before camp, and I expect that now. Uh, to that point, though, uh, we also saw a four safety look today. Mm. I, don't, I don't know if you spotted that one. I read about uh, it. it. I, I missed it when it happened, but it was it was that it was that like end of it was that fourth down need to score situation. Yes. Yes, and Justin Evans was in the slot, and I think it was actually a play when Justin Evans had the interception. Yes. Okay. Now I know that uh, did Elliot Shore Parks do this to you because he's taken he's taken the stats. He, he wanted to know whether he should count that as an interception or or whether it was a sack. I said interception. I uh, he, he did not ask ask me that. Mm. I I would have said sack on that play. Mm. I think he I think he heaved it because he was going to get sacked. But I mean, it was it, this was like a it, it was like down gotta six seconds situation. about the game's about to end. You got to throw the ball up. Yeah. Yes. Okay. What did Elliot rule? I think he ruled. I think he ended up ruling sack. So he didn't take your word. No. Oh. Good luck, Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who did you talk to after practice today, Zach? Uh, Jamal Singleton for a while. The running backs coach, I appreciate you letting me get in on on Jamal there. Um, spoke to AJ Brown some. AJ Brown's been having a real good summer. It's it's like the, the way we were talking about Jalen Hurts earlier this year, uh, or earlier this summer, that he just makes plays every day, and you just expect that to happen. Uh, Goddard was talking. I had to leave Goddard and spoke to Josh Sills. Um, Josh Sills, what for the record, said said he's happy to clear his name. Um, he's grateful to be back with the Eagles that, uh, he did not know what was going to happen there. It's been a tough time. He's, he's in a good headspace. He's just, he kind of wants to move on and focus on football. And, uh, you know, what you see is what you get with him. Interesting. What you see is what you get. That's okay. Well, I, I, I asked him at the end, what the, what should the public know about you, right? This is your opportunity. And he he kind of didn't understand where I was going with the question, and I I said there's this was a high profile situation, people don't really know a lot about you, you know. Okay, what would you like them to know? <laughs> and he said, "What you see is what you get." And so okay, yeah. All right. Anything else we should talk about before we get to Matt Quinn? Talk a little Mount Joy. Yeah. Anything else here? So uh, let's see. So the, so, the, so the Eagles are well. The, this 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 could be of interest to some fans. It didn't really move me too much, but Jalen Hurts named number three player. Oh, in, you know what? I did uh, want to talk about this in, yeah. in the NFL Network. Yeah. Did you watch that clip? I saw the clip online. I, I didn't watch the show. Right, I saw, I saw the clip that, online. Yeah. 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 Lo- really Alabama heavy. That was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. You know, we have seen how this list is made. Like the the people from NFL Network come into the locker room. They hand out these sheets to the players after practice. It's they they put twenty five names down, and it's like, uh, "Hey man, put put me on your list. Put put me on your list." And you know, like it's how like you know John Coon gets on the top one hundred or whatever. So this is it's like like to, such a random throw <laughs> John Coon to call it like pseudoscience is an insult to pseudoscience. It's ridiculous. That said, I do think. It matters um, the way that Jalen Hurts is perceived by other players in the league. 
I think hmm. uh, now listen as as, some, as people have pointed out, I think Carson Wentz was number three on on this after the 2017 season. So oh, that's fairly ominous. Take, take, take a pretty uh, yeah. big uh, grain of salt here, but I think um, I, I think it's interesting the way that Jalen Hurts is perceived by other guys in the league. And I think that um, the way he plays the position, the way that his teammates, you know, tell their friend, talk about him to their friends in the league. I think it's all part of like the, the Jalen Hurts package. I think um, it's part of what he brings to the table. Yeah. I think that, I think that's well said. He's someone who is like universally respected and for the way he plays, for the way he carries himself, for the way he's, he's built his career. So I, I would agree. And, and by the way, I, I think that's something that, that could that could be advantageous for the Eagles in the coming years. Exactly. Right? right. I, I, you know, I think players might want to come here and play with Jalen Hurts. I think that's I think that's part of it. Yeah. And, you know, he, he deserves it. He was he was unbelievable last year. Okay. All right. Uh, that'll do it for, uh, the start of the show here. Take a little break, come back with, uh, Matt Quinn. We will be back on Thursday at three o'clock again on Thursday. I'm going to be giving away my, uh, Saturday night tickets to Mount Joy. We're going to do a live somebody where I'm going to ask a, a trivia question. Whoever gets it in the chat first is going to get those tickets. So, uh, for the sickos who want to watch show up live on Thursday, uh, but for now, we'll take a little word from our. Wait, and, oh, and make sure then, make sure. Uh, I'm sorry to jump in. Okay. Make sure you win. You win both tickets. You go to Mount Joy on Saturday. You enjoy a great concert, and then you come home and watch our podcast That's to right. find out what happened in the game. That's exactly right. Yeah. I'm guessing that. Who do you think is going to lead the Eagles in carries on Saturday night? Is it going to be Kennedy Brooks, or are we going to get somebody? I else? think it's going to be Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon. I think, Trace, I think they're showcasing Trey. Mm, okay. Uh, the the Ravens are favored in this game because the Ravens are awesome in the preseason. Right. So yeah, something to watch. Okay. All right. A uh, little word from the sponsors. Back on the other side with Matt Quinn, Mount Joy. Enjoy the interview. All right, we are back on Birds with Friends. You know him from such world chart topping hits as Sweet Marissa and Good Riddance. Iktr. He is the lead singer of Mount Joy, who has two shows in Philadelphia this weekend, Saturday and Sunday at the Skyline Stage at The Man. I will be there Sunday night. Would have been there Saturday night if it weren't for the uh, the, the Ravens, but that's a topic for another time. He is all of those things. He is also newly married. Congratulations. Most of all, he's a sicko. From uh, beautiful Buffalo, New York, Matt Quinn, thank you for being here, sir. Well, thanks for having me, Zach. I was just saying, I, uh, I felt your pain. I have a, it's like a nice, you know, as nice a view as you get of Buffalo, New York out this window, but, and the shot is all backlit. So I had to pull the blinds, which is not, which looks like I'm in a hospital or something like that. And, you know, I no think worries. there's a, there's like a perception of musicians that uh, maybe they're not like the most uh, like on time people, you know, they're sort of on, on their own. <laughs> Uh, schedule. You were here right at time to record. So was I. Zach, unfortunately, late on behalf of what? Why were you late, Zach? I was on Shields podcast, uh, Philly <laughs> oh, special. Okay. And uh, no, we were good on time. We jumped off at three o'clock. And so by the time I saved it, uploaded, got the link, came on here, 
It was like 301 or 302. I apologize. Uh, in college, they used to say better never than late. So shouldn't I, I, I apologize, Matt, but excited to talk to you here. Uh, so, Matt, I do. I have to ask you about uh, what I imagine must have been a, a seminal moment in your life. Take me to what was going through your head, uh, the emotions, the interaction when you were in the Philadelphia airport and you thought that maybe you had a, a celebrity sighting. Well, you know, I was behind Zach in line at Jamba Juice. At like, <laughs> it was it was early in the morning or early for me. I don't know if it was early for you, but it's not uh, early for me. <laughs> Zach went up at four. Um, and I don't know, you know, I I, uh, I I figured out it was Zach, and then I was I was starstruck. I, it took me probably a beat to be like, all right, I should say hi. But um, yeah, got my uh, you know it's Terminal C there that has the Jamba Juice. Which when I see Terminal C, that's I know I'm headed to Jamba Juice for an acai, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I got to see Zach. It's pretty awesome. Taller than expected, probably. Right. Yes, quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so before we get to, again, we, we, we want to talk, uh, talk some Eagles. We want to talk a little, not, not too much music. I know that's, that's not what you're here for, but give us a little bit of the lay of the land, uh, for this weekend. The Saturday show is sold out, although, uh, I may be, uh, giving away my Saturday tickets on the show here. Um, but, uh, a few tickets still available for Sunday and also some other fun things going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sunday's the day. If you don't have a ticket, um, unless you're going to get Bo's ticket. Uh, and we're doing, um, yeah, we're trying to, uh, just raise some money while we're there. We've, uh, we're working with B Philly, which is, uh, Jason Kelsey's charity, which works with, um, mostly like public schools, I think in Philadelphia, uh, and then Connor Barnes make the world better, which obviously helps build awesome parks in the city, uh, and sharing excess, uh, which is a cool charity that, uh, we've partnered up with, which is helping to bridge the gap between, you know, I guess excess food and um, food insecurity. Um, and if you if you're interested in that stuff, checking out the sharing excess websites, pretty interesting. We waste an extraordinary amount of food um, as people, and there are people that you know, 34 million Americans with experience food insecurity. So it's a cool company helping to bridge that gap. And just for our shows, we're doing a you could bring a non-perishable food item. We're doing a little food drive for the show. That's right. So, you know, uh, chuck, a, chuck a can of baked beans at me uh, if you see me on Sunday. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Zach, are you going to be there? I unfortunately am not going to be there. I was hoping to be there. The preseason mm. schedule got in our way. Originally, the game was on Friday uh, and the game got moved to Saturday and uh, just, just threw some things out of whack. But um, I'm eager to see the next show and have become a devoted Mountjoy fan and uh, an admirer of your work. Wow. That's huge for me. Huge <laughs> for me. Huge for me in the band. Obviously, pretty bummed you're not going to make it, but we'll try to go on without you. So I, I know that I know that Zach is curious about this, but but like life on the road now, you're just beginning this this very long leg of the tour. You were in uh, Chicago last night. You're in Buffalo now. As you texted me today, it was like a, a 10 hour, very bumpy uh, bus ride. What are like, what are your days like right now? Um, well, we just did three, three days in a row. Um, so we did, uh, we started in Indianapolis and then Detroit and Chicago. Now we have a day off. So it's kind of like just do nothing or get to go on your favorite podcast, which is cool. Um, 
but yeah, sleeping at night on a bus, uh, the bus drives at night. So, um, bus driver sleeps during the day. I took the elevator up this morning with her. She was going to bed. I was going to be on a podcast, which is pretty cool. Um, it's an interesting lifestyle. I, I definitely, you know, you, the music was the dream and then you kind of get to actually do it and you're like, eh, wish I was like a middle linebacker or something. maybe not a middle linebacker, maybe like a, I don't know, quarterback, I guess would be better. Quarterback, well-paid. Yeah. I mean, yeah. kicker, you don't have to do much. Middle linebacker is like you're, 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 you're wrecking your body and you're not going to be that well-paid and it's a short career. It's tough. Yeah. No, I, it's like, I, oh, I'm sorry. Go on, Matt. Yeah. No, no, I don't want to be a linebacker. I, I changed my mind. <laughs> As I shared with uh, both of you at, at separate times, until we had that airport encounter, I thought living on the road was just a figure of speech, right? Like I, I didn't realize it. You, you literally slept on the bus. I, I thought the bus takes you from location. You're in accommodations, whatever it may be, a hotel, an Airbnb, and then you go to the next place the next day. I didn't realize you're driving overnight from site to site. I am. I'm curious. Uh, these shows. There, it, it's it's not just our artistic. They there's a physical toll that it takes too. How do you deal with the the or how do you get the sleep and the restorative, I, I guess, energy that you need in those situations? Honestly, I don't know. Um, some people are able to just sleep on the bus, which is like a sleeping on a moving thing is like mm. not really my skill set, um, but. You know, some people are better than than others. Uh, but honestly, I think you just get to this point. Like we just started this tour. Um, and after about like five or six days, you reach an amount of tiredness where you can sleep anywhere at any yeah. time. Um, and so you just, you know, um, you just, I guess, crash kind of really. It's an, it's an interesting thing. It's probably not good for your brain. It's like but a newborn. It's like, probably. It, yeah. Yeah. And so what is the, the bus? Is it like we got like, five pods for everybody and like you got we got space and yeah so on, we, well, we've we've graduated to what they call in the biz condo bunks Ooh. um which is a bit of a flex uh you know usually like your standard bus uh has 12 bunks so it's like okay. one two three you know on uh there's oh. two, yeah and then there's behind that one two three so there's six on either side okay and it's Picture like sleeping, if you've ever seen like a, a ship, you know, or something like that. You have these little yeah. trays where you go into and you can like barely roll over in a in a 12 person one. But in the we call the condo bunks, we only have eight. So that means we can like fully sit up. Hmm. Um, there's only one bunk above us. It's like a regular bunk bed kind of thing. OK. Um, now, are you on the top or the bottom? I'm on the top. The bottom is, uh, well, we're really getting into it here. This is really bus. Uh, this is good. This is good though. The bus is like, uh, the bottom advantage is you just can just slide right in, you know, it's like yeah. kind of, kind of on the floor, but it is like, you're right. It's not for, like the engines rumbling you and like, mm. you kind of feel things a little more, whereas up top, less of that, but more sway, which is like, you know, it's a little weird. Classic give and take. Yeah. Pick your poison. Yeah. Go ahead, Zach. I was going to move on from the bus life unless you had more there. Like we've, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm curious. It, it's a common, I'm giving you a chance to pander here, but, but this is a, a legit curiosity I, I have is that in the sports world, as, as you well know, it, it becomes something where, where the athletes say there's, there's something special about playing in Philly, right? The, and I, I see it going to all these games, the crowd, 
is different in Philly than it is in Jacksonville or in a, in a different venue. Oh, um, just like Kelsey, just throwing Jacksonville yeah. under the bus. Uh, I, I, I know music might not be the same, but is there something distinctive about performing in Philly relative to a different market? Yeah. I mean, I think there are lots of great music cities in, in the country, but I think it's partially that I'm from Philly too, you know, and a couple of people are saying from the band as well as from Philly. So I think we get sort of a hometown, you know, we get that, I guess, thing that it's not, it's very connected, I think, to the sports thing too. Like, I mean, I go to the Eagles games and we bring a bus and those same people are bringing the bus to the man. So, you know, it's like, I feel like people are treating it similarly. Um, you know, especially playing there on the weekends, you know, you get the best of people are going to tailgate our shows and, um, they'll be tuned up for some music. (laughs) You know, I, I, and I can't say that about, I mean, I guess other places get ready for the shows. I don't know, but I I feel like, yes. The, the Philly fan in you, the like uh, that comes with like a, a, a territorialness and a competitiveness. Is that something that creeps into music? Like, is there like a, a band out there that's like the Kirk cousin Melvins? You're like, I can't, you're not like, you're not to specifically call anybody out, but is it like, is there the, uh, the competitive nature there? Oh, for sure. I think uh, it's also maybe feel not- free to call somebody out if you want to, but <sighs> yeah, I, I, I would definitely get in trouble for that. But I, I think uh, it's not even so specific to like, you know, we definitely have bands, I think, that we think about in terms of like we're measuring our success to theirs because it's, okay. it's sort of hard to like know how well you're doing unless you have things like that. Because, um, I mean, the goal is just to make good music, but that's a really subjective measure that could sure. lead you um, to not really knowing how well you're doing. So, yeah, we definitely like we're trying to uh, be as, I don't know, competitive might be the wrong word, but we're definitely aware of what other people are doing. And we crack tons of jokes at the expense of other bands. I'll tell you that much. So, okay. Now we're talking. I like that. Um, I'm going to, this is my last music tie. And then we can just, then we can talk, talk Eagles, but you know how, how last year at the NFC championship game, Jalen sort of pulled some, he had, he had said he loves Anita Baker. And so the Eagles got Anita Baker to sing the national anthem for the NFC championship game. Let's say that Kelsey goes to Jeffrey Lurie. He's like, my very last home game, I want you to have Mount Joy sing the national anthem for us. Do you have like, have you, have you thought about that? What's the, like the, uh, do you have a, a, your spin on it? A Mount Joy take on the, on the anthem? I'm a big anthem guy. Yeah. Well, the anthem's hard. I've talked to people who, musicians who've done the anthem. I was actually talking to a bit of a flex here, Nathaniel Rateliff, who did I think the anthem for the Nuggets in a finals game, which is pretty okay. cool. So he was kind of thrown into this. That's tough. Um, and yeah, it, it's like, do you go with like the sort of band arrangement? Is there a guitar involved? Mm. I, it, it's tough in a stadium. There's like the echo happening and, you know, just a tiny acoustic guitar down there. I don't know. I think I might just pretend I'm, I don't even know, like Anita Baker, I guess, and just go for it. Yeah, like that's like super yeah. scared. Uh, two questions here to transition to the Eagles talk, okay, because it kind of combines both. You mentioned at the top uh, the affiliation or or the connection, if you will, with with Kelsey and with Barwin. What's the background there? And then if I can ask a, a second non-related question, but I'm sure you saw uh, Kelsey and, and, and the group do the Christmas album. Uh, what's the degree of difficulty – for football players 
to perform to make an album like that? Um, well, the first part is just, you know, obviously huge fans of the Eagles and had a chance to meet um, Kelsey. And as you guys know, it's just like such an incredible human on so many levels and athlete as well. And uh, obviously inspired by his charitable work, too. So uh, that's pretty much that. And then obviously same with Connor Barwin, had a chance to meet him and just an awesome, super impressive guy um, and excited about what he's doing in the city. So that was that. And then actually had a chance to go to um, uh, a party that they did for the, uh, the Christmas album. Um, flex, and the big flex. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Just, just, I'm um, just, yeah. Flexing all over the place here, but, but I'll, I'll, I bring that up just because I got to meet some of the people that were involved in, you know, uh, pulling it together outside of the, the players and I'm not taking anything away from the players, but I, I think uh, they, they're both, as you know, both, uh, Connor Barron and Jason Kelsey are super smart guys and they pulled in all the right people. And, you know, I think that that's the smartest thing you could do in a situation like that is that you find the right producer and uh, Charlie Hall, who is the drummer for the war on drugs, uh, I think produced the project and is a super accomplished musician in his own right. And then, you know, I think having worked with good producers myself, it's like they kind of, you know, they make it easy. So it's like, uh, it's like a quarterback, you know, you just sort of run the route and then the ball's there on time. It's going to sound good. So. Very nice. Look at this. So how are, how are we feeling about the birds? How are, how are you feeling? You know, I feel so good about the birds that it's like, I'm almost doing the, it's gone the back way around. I'm like, how are they going to blow it? You know, like what is the, and you guys have talked about that a little bit where it's like, I'm trying to defend against the, you know, cause at least then I'll be able to say, I knew this was going to happen, you know, sure. during, uh, it's like bow here, yeah, yeah. I mean, you got. It. Well, here's the thing. I mean, they could be, they could, they could be, uh, you know, three games worse, and they'd still win eleven games. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, my brothers and I were talking about it. I, I think this is big flex, right, brothers? Um, uh, How many though? Yeah, yeah. seriously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, have, I have three brothers, so okay. Uh, All right, no. you're almost there. Yeah. I'm, well, yeah, I'm working on it. I, I, I well, I guess you know, <laughs> that's really on my mom at that point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, wow, I just overthought that. Well, listen, wow. I know. I, I'm sorry, but we got to catch the Bermans. It's you got to do it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I guess that's up to my dad and my mom. I don't even really want to think about that. But, but. <laughs> I mean, maybe they'll adopt. You know? Yeah, that's true. Um, well, we were talking about like, is this the best Eagles roster mm. in 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 you know in our at least our memory of watching games together? And it's certainly, I think there's certainly an argument. Maybe like you guys have talked about, there's some depth stuff. So then you do start going to the like, all right, well, how would they possibly you know not be good? And I don't know. I've just seen Eagles teams. Obviously, we all have where. They're very good on paper. And then, you know, the Redskins just start marching down the field and you're like, maybe, you know, maybe our secondary isn't good or something, you know, that you didn't foresee. Um, and that's really more where my head's at. I'm like, you know, is it, is it going to be the, the defense thing from last summer? Yeah. Like whenever they're supposed to be good, they're, yeah. they're not, it is a little bit on my radar. Uh, like re remember having this conversation in 2018, it was like, you know, they went and got Michael Bennett. It was like, wow, like th this roster is somehow even better than the Super Bowl roster. And it never works out that way. Um, but, you know, I think the overarching thing is like offense matters the most. And as long as like five important people stay healthy, their, their offense should still be one of the best in the league. I agree. I don't know what the musical equivalent of 
of a layup is. So I I won't I I won't try that. But this is a, a layup question I'm fascinated by is is what's your Eagles origin story, if you will? How did you become the devoted Eagles fan that you are? You know, I grew up. Um, I had uh, friends, a couple of friends who had um, season tickets, and that, this was like at the bat, and got to go to some fortunate enough to be taken along to like, I went, well, there were crushing losses really, but like I went to some of those crushing NFC championship losses early. I went to the, that Buccaneers one sits pretty heavy. Um, yeah, just for as long as I can. Rondé Barber goes into the hall of fame, even though the whole point of that defense was that corners don't matter. Yeah. Yeah. I had to watch. There was a lot of like, the, I think that was the tip catch by Joe Jarvis there. Like where he just, yep. uh, first drive of the game against Blaine Bishop. Yeah. Yeah. And then I remember Warren Sapp got injured in that game and he ran into the tunnel kind of like close to where we were. I think he got poked in the eye or something like that. Anyways, just like more practice on Sunday. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, I just like, as long as I can remember, and I, I sort of, uh, then, you know, eventually, um, my family, when we got to the link, got two tickets and now we have a, a, an old school bus converted painted green and, which I reference in a Mount Joy song um, and just have gone down to the games for, for a long time. So yeah, just, I, I even like chronicle, I was talking to someone last night about this because they said they were an Eagles fan and they were talking about the Thanksgiving game against the Cardinals. And I was like, ah, oh, the Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah. That was, you know, we really got torched. You know, like I think about Eagles games sort of, they, they tell time for me. Yes. Yeah. You mark, you mark time. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned a song, and so I do have I do have to ask this because uh, I go back and forth on trying to read the subtext uh, in Johnson's song. I want you to go on the record. Is it about Fred, Roderick, Kyron, Patrick, or Lane? Uh, I mean, you know, if it was about any of them, it'd have to be Lane. I think he's he's been uh, he's he's earned that. Yeah, had to. You know, who knew when you wrote the song they were going to have so many Johnsons? It's crazy. Yeah, good. and good for them that there's a power in the Johnson, which is anytime you say it, it feels wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is another. This is another layup here, but this is often a a good question to ask uh, anyone, whether it's just Flex. a regular fan or a celebrity like yourself. Is is what's your uh, Super Bowl memory? Where mm-hmm. were you? How did you spend it? And, and and what's that that moment like in your mind? So I was. Uh, I flew back to Philly. Uh, and a friend, uh, I was living in LA at the time. Um, and I flew back to be there because I had a feeling, um, that well, I thought, I felt like worst case scenario, I know that feeling really well. So I'll just be in Philly drinking Mm -hmm. my sorrows away. But, um, yeah, I was at a bar not too far from Broad Street. Um, a friend had like rented out a little, um, zone of a bar and then we just rushed onto Broad Street and watched very illegal things happen and it was it was fantastic Mm. and what about the most recent one most recent one i was i well now i live in uh in philadelphia and of course i was traveling um i forget what i had going on but i was in la and i went to an eagles bar and there was like you know i think 99 percent eagles fans it was a good time obviously there's one table of chiefs fans at the eagles Mm. bar and, you know, just I'll never forget that. Like, obviously, walking out after the non-holding, you know, the holding call, I guess. Non-holding call or, yeah, holding call. Um, and just, you know, they're celebrating at this table, like, with, like, yeah. with chicken wings. And it's like, you know, go to hell, you know. Go to Helsinki, I guess. That's right. 
eating chicken wings. What are we doing here? Yeah, it's terrible. But, you know, I actually felt like that game, I, I was thinking about this morning, like that game, even when they were driving down, like I, I still look back and I'm like, I still thought we were going to win. Like it just felt confident. That team had such an air of like they're going to find a way um, if they can get the ball back. And obviously they didn't, but. Yeah. Now, now, uh, Zach's going to think that I'm the one pandering here, but how much do you personally hold Jonathan Gannon responsible for, for that game? You know, I don't know. I mean, obviously the defense, I mean, Pat Mahomes is pretty good, but I feel like it's fair to say that the defense, uh, might've cost us the game there. I, I, I mean, they ball was in their court, so to speak, and a lot of a touchdown, I guess a lot of a field goal. Okay. Right. The, the, yeah, the, yeah. The penalty leads to the, the clock running out on the field goal, but I I'm with you. I think if they get the ball back, I think Jalen hurts. I mean, who's, who's to say, but I think they, they score a touchdown and go for two and who knows what happens if they go for two. Well, here's the thing that I was thinking about for you guys. Cause you, I know Zach, you kind of challenged Bo on like, do you, are you pandering with the, uh, with a Gannon thing or is it like you genuinely? Yeah, yeah. 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 Go on. I'm listening. Yeah. Okay, so so I was thinking about this. I was like, I think the real test is, like, I think what I'm more interested in, at least, and I, I think a lot of Eagles fans probably share this, is the, obviously, something happened where there was some sort of collusion of some sort between the Cardinals and, and Gannon, and obviously the league punished them for that, and that leads to Desai instead of Vic Fangio. So I think the the, the storyline for the year for me is like if the Dolphins defense is like lights out and mm. seems and seems like they are, you know, they've got some good, obviously good players down there. And if they have, you know, which wouldn't be too shocking, if they have like a, a, you know, it'd be interesting to track the DVOA this year, Dolphins versus the Eagles, because I think that's the bigger storyline. It's less about Gannon. He was probably leaving either way. Yeah. But did we miss out on a, you know, a sort of hall of fame level defensive coordinator um, because of that. So I, I think maybe that's where the Gannon, you know, I don't think there's any doubt that that is the case. Yeah. That, that if things had been done on the up and up, that Vic Fangio would be the Eagles defensive coordinator. Do you disagree, Zach? I don't disagree that he would have been that if, if, uh, if it was a situation like, say, Dan Quinn a few years ago when Dan Quinn was effectively hired, but they couldn't announce it until after the Falcons were in the Super Bowl or Kevin O'Connell, then Vic Fangio would have waited, right? Um, but if – I mean, the guy was in the building for yeah. that reason. Well, he had already been hired by the Dolphins at, at that point. No, I mean, but yeah, you're, you're correct. of the Eagles. Yes, as, yes. As, yes. as uh, an expectation that this would be the case. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, now, just just two quick things here um, for Matt as as we're talking about this this Gannon discussion. I imagine your music sounds uh, much more original if you don't play it in an echo chamber, right? And, and so that's kind of that's that's like all the Gannon conversation. And the second thing is is there's a reason why we're talking to Matt and not his manager because it's about the talent, right? Talent makes music. Talent wins games. Um, there were 22 players on the field that day and the, to blame it on a coordinator when there was the best quarterback in the NFL, when there was a defense that had 70 sacks and ranked fifth in DVOA. Um, I mean, players win games, players lose games. And, uh, if the Eagles won that game, you wouldn't be saying they won because of Jonathan Gannon. 
So well, they lose that they game. The game. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be saying no. that if they if they gave up a touchdown and yeah. then went and scored just, eight points yeah. to win. You're right. Yeah. So, um, I I believe in players more than you know. I I believe so in. He gets no credit for the the ranking that they had in DVOA. No, I mean, if if you're talking about him as a, as as a coach, I'm saying they didn't lose this game because there's so I many. There's we don't need to relitigate yeah. awareness stuff yeah. at okay. play. Like the the only thing you can't do on that final drive is let them take the entire clock out. You need to be more aggressive because if you sure. give up a touchdown, that's fine. Mm-hmm. They didn't do that. I don't. We we, we don't have to continue I, to relitigate. And I and I hear you there. I'm I'm just saying there's a reason why Matt's not performing in a, in a, in an echo chamber. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, be, be Although that's of, kind of like what a studio is, right? Maybe a lot of feedback, I guess, but yes. it could be cool. It could be very avant-garde, I guess. Um, but, I, you know, I don't know. I guess I don't think, and maybe, you know, there's all different types of Eagles fans. I don't think a lot of the people I talk to are like thinking that Jonathan Gannon was this terrible defensive coordinator and that, and he cost us the Super Bowl as much as it is like looking forward at uh, if there was, you know, I, I think the Eagles and Sirianni obviously gave him a great opportunity. Now he's a head coach in the league and that maybe he owed it to the organization and the head coach to to abide by the the, the rules. Well, I'm with you there. Well, I, I will not just dis- ethical heartstrings that he can't. Yeah, now, now, now you're in my language. Yes, for sure. Character counts. You see that over my shoulder. Yep. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anything else that's that's like on your mind Eagles wise that that you want to talk about anything you're worried about or excited about? Well, I, I have a question. You know, I think one thing that escapes and maybe you guys, I mean, I assume, you know, but is where, where do the Eagles sit in terms of their ability uh, from a cap standpoint to, to make a move at a place like safety or linebacker of something, you know, I, I imagine there's one more thing that Howie's got up his sleeve, but I wonder like, you know, how realistic is it to bring in like a, you know, maybe top of the market type safety or something like that. Uh, I, w- I, I would say they have flexibility this year to make any type of move that we're talking about. If you're, if, if you're talking about one of those headlining moves where it inhibits you is it, when you look at having to resign Devonte Smith, potentially Landon Dickerson, there are only so many players you can have that are, you know, 15, 20, $25 million players. Right. So, if you're talking about a safety that's that's just eat it on the chin this year or take it on the chin this year, or he's not a $10 million player, he's a $5 million player, an $8 million player, they can do that. Um, and, they, and they can make a big splash. But if they make a big splash, it'll be harder to keep uh, Devontae and Landon Dickerson and some of these other guys who are coming up. Hassan Reddick's next contract, whatever it may be. I think generally speaking, Eagles fans and even – the beat writers are in a fortunate position because the Eagles are so good at maneuvering the cap. And a lot of it is just borrowing from the future and restructuring stuff. And, you know, it'll catch up eventually, but that like, it's just funny money. It like, if there's something to be done, they will find a way to, to make it done. So, you know, if it's like, uh, I don't even know who, who who a safety would be, but if there's a, a trade to be made or if, you know, uh, uh, an upset veteran somewhere else, you know, like Chris Jones or something is looking for a way out, could the Eagles make a move? I, I don't – if it makes sense or not, yeah. football-wise is a different question, but I think they have they, they have enough room to make it happen. Yeah. Where did uh, where did Buda, where did the Buda Baker situation land? He signed. He, he ended he up, signed, signed okay. up signing a long-term contract. He said, J.G., I want to be your guy. Pew, pew, pew. Oh, yeah. God. 
That's right. That that does feel like to me. That's the one part of this. Like obviously up the middle, uh, you know, on the defensive line, maybe something like you said. But yeah, I I, I like Reed Blankenship, but I, I'm. It does seem like a bit of a stretch that like all of a sudden he's this this going to be this guy that steps right in and great white hope. Holds, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I you still know. think that that ahead, that the, that the way the Eagles think is uh, if there's a splash to be made. It's it's like both said. It's it's going to be on the defensive line more than you know. They 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 just organizationally, if if they're going to bring in someone who is who is costing you know fifteen twenty million dollars. It's a defensive. It's it's someone who affects the quarterback. It's not someone playing that far from the ball. I think at that price point, that's right. Yeah. But you know, yeah. it could be you know C.J. Garner Johnson last year sure. where it's exactly. It's rental. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. A German chain type. Yeah. I think linebacker is is maybe even still after the two signings yesterday where, where that might be. We'll see. All right. So what do we got? What do we got before Philly? We're in Buffalo tonight. No, I'm so turning off tonight in Buffalo. So actually uh you so might have some, a Buffalo recommendation. He's got a he's got a place in every city. I'll take it. I mean, Buffalo's kind of cliche to go with anchor bar, right? Um, but honestly, uh Last time the Eagles were in Buffalo, I went. I spent the night in Syracuse, and I drove up the morning. Oh, up. that's right. So said goodbye uh, to the old uh, the old haunts with Gil. Yeah, yeah. So I actually don't make it up to Buffalo. I did spend. I spent five nights in Buffalo for an NCAA regional one time, and uh, uh, I, <laughs> I I drove to Niagara Falls to play some blackjack. Um, so that 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 was my. Uh, I made sure I brought my passport on that trip, and I was across the border. Oh, I, I've got it here. We've got we've got Burlington, and then two nights in Central Park. Now we're talking. Yeah. We know we've got we've got birds with friends, fans in uh, in New York. Let's make it happen. So yeah. in Central Park, oh, that's that's terrific. Great venue. Yeah, excited. Uh, should be a, should be a fun week, and then obviously Philly after that. So pretty excited. I will say, I always think it's funny. Been to Niagara Falls a few times, and like that it that that is a spot where people gamble is so funny to me it's like the the, the attraction is literally outside uh, <laughs> 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 i mean it, it is it's just, there's casinos and that's obviously a big part of the attraction there but it's just always so funny to me it's like it's so like such a i don't know a statement of where humans are at it's like there's yeah. this giant waterfall and they've built like the most indoor activity you could possibly yeah. have Right, like like uh, going going to play blackjack at the Grand Canyon, like yeah, yeah guilty as charged there. Um, beautiful. One last question for me: What's your dream venue? You know, I mean, we've played, we've been lucky to play like Red Rocks and and the Gorge, and those places are awesome. And um, play Red Rocks in like ten days or something like that. But then, uh, but I will say, like as a fan of uh, Philly sports, like I think if if I ever gotten any of the the arenas there or stadiums. I think that that's now, uh, that's now definitely the dream fuel. That's awesome. Well, the good news is that now the, uh, the windows open up in the press box at the link. So, uh, yeah, we, that that's was a request cool. from us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, Matt, thank you so much for, uh, taking the time. Thank you for all your help with the Ospreys, uh, over the past couple mm-hmm. of years, just, just, uh, the absolute best. And IKTR. We will uh, we will see you this weekend. Everybody, uh, make sure they go out if you can. No, that's right. Uh, and thank you guys, and congratulations to Marissa if she's watching. That's that's awesome. Uh, and uh, yeah, thank you guys, and congrats to you. 
All right. Thank you so much. And then I guess that'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. So for Matt and Zach and Madison and JG, I'm Bo. We thank you for listening. We will talk to you on Thursday. And as always, we love you. Birds with Friends. Birds with Friends. Birds with Friends.